splits your time in half, spend 50 of your time doing the fun stuff like building the product and do 50% of your time doing marketing, sales, whatever will bring people to your product. Hi everyone, you're listening to Scaling DevTools. Today we're joined by Julian Danshaw, who is the founder of Mergeify. Julian, could you tell us a bit about Mergeify? Sure. So we are a dev tool, obviously. We are a company building our product Mergeify, which is aiming to do workflow automation for a software engineering team using GitHub and providing them a merge queue, which is something very interesting that is helping you to merge your pull requests in the right order and being up to date. Yeah. And you're working kind of closely on top of GitHub, right? Yes, exactly. Yes, we are a GitHub application. So that's something you basically install on one of your repository and make sure that you, you enable, configure a bit, and then we automate a lot of the work for the team that use GitHub. Yeah. And one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you was that um, you're bootstrapped, right? Um, and DevTools are hard anyway. And then doing a DevTool as a bootstrapper when there's such like a lot of code that needs to be written is really hard. Um, I wonder if you could talk about like how that's been bootstrapping. It is, it is terrible. Yes, it's, it's very hard. <laughs> I didn't say terrible, <laughs> but you've For chosen a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there, there are positive things about that. Um, where do I start? I, I think, I think it's a natural thing. So the way we started is, um, I, I co-founded Mergeify with, uh, Mary, uh, which I met doing open source projects and working at Red Hat. Um, and so we are like any engineer, right? So we've, we had a problem, we tried to solve it and we were, we wrote our own tool, which is what any developer would do, which is, makes it very hard to sell any tool to any developer if it's not advanced enough, because I'm like, well, that's pretty cool, but I could build it in a week. So no, thank you. I'm not going to pay for that every month. So when you start that way and you, when you are in an early stage and your product is very early, it's seen that way by engineers. So you have to build enough of what you're trying to build. So you, you pass basically this aspect of, oh, actually this tool is quite sophisticated and it would be hard for me to do the same. So it's worth it. It's for, it's worth like seeing a demo, uh, trying it out, deploying it because like deploying it and learning the tool is going to be, uh, faster and less, uh, time spent than building the tool to fit my need precisely. So you have to pass that. And that's a lot of time, R and D, basically a lot of, of development time for your product to reach that, uh, spot, I would say. Yeah. Actually like just almost like role playing. Like when someone says to you, like, yeah, I mean, this is cool, but I could write a script that does this over the weekend. Like, <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, I heard that a lot. Not uh, anymore, I think. But yeah. uh, when I I'm st- I'm still doing the demos to the most of the prospect we have. Though I meet uh, engineers, which is pretty cool. I mean, I love doing that, like doing demos and, and showing the product around. And and some of the team, it's it's more and more rare because we're targeting you now. I think larger customers, but uh, and then no. I mean, we, we look more enterprisey than we used to a few years ago, but I think until maybe a year ago, I was still listening and deeping of the call. That's pretty cool, but I don't see where the art thing is. And, and I was spending the next 30 minutes in the demo showing, okay, this is how it works. Okay. That's easy. And, and I was like, 
And when it fails, it does that. And like, oh, you wonder the failure scenario. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's pretty odd. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but I had to prove it, like, because, I mean, engineer to engineer, I know their feeling. I know all their thing. I'm like, yeah, obviously, it seems very, very easy to, yeah, let's build a car. So it's like, what, four wheels on a motor? And yes, but when it crashed, what do you do? Ah, I should maybe save people from being, okay, that's more complicated, right? So it's all the other part you don't think about and think it's very simple and there's a lot of variable around it. But you don't think about it when you are looking on the market for a tool or something. You don't think about all the tiny details. And and a lot of the work I, I used to have to do during gym was like proving the value of the product in, in all the edge cases. Yeah. And I guess like at the stage you're at now, you're covering everything and, and you know, all the edge cases and stuff. Um, but could you talk about what it was like at the very beginning where like, you were building and then getting customers and that you also had a job at that time as well, right? Like a full-time job. Yeah. When we both started with Medi, we uh, both had a, a full-time job, which is also the reason we started this is that we were working on a, an open source project and we moved from a platform to GitHub and we we lost all of the tools we used to have. So we, we migrated to GitHub and we felt naked without any of our tools. So we're like, okay, oh, we need to work every day without all our tooling. So we just build the tools, obviously. Uh, so it was automation using GitHub API and Emerge queue, which is still what we are doing with Emergeify to this day. And we started building that and we realized that our colleague at that were interested into using that. So we're like, okay, cool. Let's give them access to the tool. And after a few months, I was like, there's so many teams that are talking about our tool being useful and we were trying to provide it uh, free for open source projects. But we started to say, maybe we should just connect Stripe and see if any private company wants to use it and maybe give us a few bucks every month to use it. And we found one of our first customers, I think, on the uh, Hindi hacker community which used it for a month and say, mm, that's good, but that's not for me. But we still, you know, had that feeling of somebody putting his credit card number in Stripe. We're like, hmm, there's something pretty great about that. Like on the paper, it works, so let's try. And and then we found a first real customer, uh, which I think was uh, pitch.com, which is still a customer to this day. And and then we found more startups, more people willing to use a merge queue to merge their pull request, all of that. And we grow that way organically, basically. And it's very hard, especially when you do that as a side project, because we never thought it was going to be a company. We were like, just maybe we could, you know, pay the bill we have to pay for. Well, it's not that expensive, but you have to pay for, you know, a VM somewhere, uh, some cloud provider, all of that. So it, it's a few bucks every month. So like, maybe we could that, you know. Not, not give our own money to do that and, and have some people funding it, which was true for the first year, but was well enough um, and good enough for us. And, and then you realize there's so much more you could add, so much more value you could add to the tool. And you have requests from people using it, like, I would like to be able to do this, to do that. I'm like, okay, but I only have two hours per week to work on it. And which is true. I mean, we have like jobs, uh, life. It's, it's hard to do that on the side at the same time. So, which is another thing that is really hard when you're bootstrapped is that you have low resources 
when you, when you are bootstrapped and you have another job on the side, it's very, very, very hard. <laughs> you have to, but it is also a very good, um, drive because, and that's still a story I, I, I tell internally at Mergify is like, people come to me like, uh, we overwhelmed. We have too much work, too much things we need to do. And I tell them, well, when we started Mergify, we only had me and maybe two hours per week to do something. So you do only one thing per week and you do the thing that is the most important that you have to do. The thing that is going to keep the company alive for the next week. That's basically the only thing you can do, right? So everything you cannot do, it's not that important. You just don't do it because you don't have the choice. So it's not, there's no point in trying to work like 12 hours a day. That doesn't work in the long run. And imagine you only have like seven, eight hours a day to work and that's it. So if you can't do everything, just don't do it. It's not that important. And that's what we used to, to do uh, at the early stage because, yeah, no time, no money to spend. And it's very, 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 it's very young project. So you have to be extremely focused and you have to make the right choice and you have to think about the choice you do. And because, and I think that's one of the downside maybe of having too much money is like we just get can throw money at any problem and see if it's going to, you know, to stick and, and to be solved where you're bootstrapped with low amount of time on mo- and or money. You have to be very focused on what you do and take the right decision to stay alive. Yeah. That's such a really, really good point. I think like it's so easy to just not get good at making decisions when you can do everything, uh, like in qu- air quotes, do everything. Yeah. I, when you first said about like when they came to you and you said, I thought you were going to say, well, we had jobs, so we just worked really <laughs> hard and we did two jobs. But that's a much better approach. Um, pick pick the right thing. Um, I, actually, like, do you remember how much time you'd spent developing it uh, before people started using it internally? Uh, not that much. I think Mary did most of the grunt work of writing the first, uh, would say MVP. Uh, it's probably not that long. Uh, it, it was really an MVP. Like it's, there's no, any line, there's no line of code we still use to this day because it were really like a, a Python script doing stuff and a lot of race conditions, edge cases not handled. But it was a proof it could be doable. And then we realized we could solve all the race condition, edge cases, things that are not perfect. If we could do it, then is it worth to do it? Uh, no. So I think we spent maybe a month writing the first version of what then become, became Mergify. Uh, but a month was enough to show that we could do it. Then getting to the point where People were ready to buy it. I think it took us maybe six months in time, not six months of full-time development, so maybe like a couple of months of having something very basic. Um, the hack we used back then um, is, so both Medi and I are like backend engineers, so we don't know anything about front-end like that. Barely know how to do CSS um, like any backend engineers. Um, and... Since we built on top of GitHub, the hack we found is that we reported everything on GitHub using Markdown, which meant we only had to write backend code and anything you would do would be on top of GitHub. So we, we, we never wrote the dashboard. So we have a dashboard. No, it's a fancy dashboard with a lot of features, but 
because we hired people to do that. <laughs> because yep. there was no point for us to do like, the first that what we wrote was like HTML and, and the bootstrap framework and pretty, this was pretty bad. And even though the landing page was pretty bad at the beginning because we are no designer and we suck at it. But it, it was fun. It was good enough basically to show off what we're trying to do, uh, automatic merge, uh, merge you, all of that. It was good enough. So I think that's one of the, like any engineer that with a vision would say, okay, I need to spend one year to develop the whole thing with the backend, the front end, the fancy dashboard, the, all the features you, you want to have. Whereas we basically focus on the pain point we had. We solved it as fast as possible with the Python script. And we said that's our first version of the product. And we try to sell that and it worked. So then you just iterate and add more features. And like I was saying, when you have little amount of money and time, you just focus on the only thing that is the top most important that you think is going to help a lot of your users or customers. Yeah, I really like that. Did you and Mehdi... Had you discussed like that this could be a business and like, had you discussed like that you were kind of being co-founders at that point or was it sort of still just like friends hacking around on something? Yeah, I think we, I'm the one who started to, because I had some background. So I, I did a thing a few years before, which was I wrote books on the Python programming language, which I self-published, which gave me a, an edge. So I was being an uh, entrepreneur-minded person. Like I was, I ran an organization, I started projects, open source projects. I did a lot of things, never a business per se, because I never had the opportunity. I always was waiting for the good ideas, the good circumstance to happen at some time and but i was ready to do that and i self-published my books i i sold a few thousands of of my python books so i did the marketing myself i had to to learn marketing which was fun i mean it was just a, another skill on my on my book so i was happy to do that and i think yeah i, I came to media saying okay this works uh let's try to connect stripe and see if anyone is going to put their credit card in that thing crazy enough to to buy this we were selling that just a few bucks a month it was really ridiculous um and when we found the first customers i told me okay we should start so not building a company right away but we should we, we should continue our efforts spending a few hours every week into that and talking to our first customer and what do you want next customer? Like what would be the next feature you want? Basically you're the one giving us the money. So you're the one deciding what do you want next? And I don't remember what they said, but then we got another one and I was just talking to uh, the next customer saying, okay, why do you use Mergeify and what feature do you want next? And then you continue because you think, and, and when you do a dev tool, usually, I mean, you are also the user. If you, if I was uh, writing a software to, I don't know, um, handling paycheck or whatever, I would not be the user. I would be like, I don't know what you want, but it made sense. And, uh, and we were able to, to also propose things they will not think about. Like, do you think this could be useful for you? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's build that. And then you continue go on. I think the real trap in our case, which is a trap we did not fall into is we were both engineers. So it's very easy to, 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 um, to fell into the common problem, which is we are both engineers, we're building the product and people will come to us. Oh, people don't come to us. 
So that's because we like this feature, right? So let's add this new feature and then people will come. People still don't come. Okay, it's probably because we also like this feature that our competitor have. Except that, yes, maybe your competitor has the feature, but the root problem is that nobody knows about you <laughs> because you're yeah. not doing marketing. So you have to go there. And even if you have our MVP, and that's something we do right now. Uh, we've been doing that um, a lot more since last year. We actually talk about the product we're building before we build it. Uh, it's, I, I think I read that a few years ago on India or somebody doing that, like basically building landing pages, putting a fake credit card um, form and not fake in the sense they steal the, the info, but instead that they don't keep it. It's like that. people are going to my landing page and enter their credit card to start a trial on a product that I still did not build. That's a validation. They're ready to pay for the product. I just need to build it next. So we're trying to do that now when we build new things and we have new ideas. We're basically pitching it to customers and we wait for them to be, you know, take my money and then we build it. Because it's easy to build the things for a year or so, especially when you're a developer and you're you're starting your company or your bootstrap project or whatever, and see when I'm will be done, people will come. And that's not true. If if you do that for a year, you still have one year of, of full-term marketing and sales to do after just to sell what you built. Uh, and you can build what, if it, if it has value, you can build, you can sell what you build a lot of times, basically, but it's a different craft that you need to learn and that you need to practice. Uh, if you don't do that, your, your product is likely statistically, there are exceptions, there are things that worked, just engineers building things and then taking off that happens. But that is the exception, that's not the rule. Yeah. And what you're talking about there, it kind of sounds like, like you're yeah, pre-selling or like making sure what you build is like actually useful rather than what you think is a cool idea that people cannot possibly not want. Um, but were you also like thinking a lot about like, how do you get the word out as well? Yes. Uh, really depends on what you're building. I think for, for dev tools, it's, if you do a good product, so developers are very particular, um, audience, they are very picky, uh, they don't like marketing. So not everything works. What works pretty well and what worked well for us is, um, open source projects. We provided Mergeify for free and we still provide Mergeify for free for open source projects on GitHub. So we have a lot of users that are open source projects. Uh, we are, for example, Amazon, uh, the, one of the team at AWS is using Mergeify on their open source project. So that's pretty cool because that's a good advertising for us. There is a lot of, a lot of team like that. Obviously teams at Red Hat, we are pretty popular at Red Hat, uh, because it spreads basically between teams like, oh, do you solve this in your repository? We use Mergeify. Okay. We're going to test it. And then it spreads and sometimes it spreads into open source projects where people are from different companies. And they're like, oh, I'm working the weekend on this project, which was Mergeify. Could we have that at my company day jobs? And then they call us. And that's actually how we landed uh, one of our biggest customers. We were just using, one of the engineers was using uh, Mergeify on GitHub.com. And they talked to their manager, like, could you use that uh, in our company? And they called us like, sure, yes, can you can use it. Just uh, subscribe and, and, and you're ready to go. So... That's a pretty good way. It works because we have a good product that works, that give value to the developers, uh, give them for, give it for free because they're open source. So it makes it easy to 
for them to try it out and to, to know that it's going to be available for them no matter what. And then it spreads naturally. It takes time. Mm. That's the thing. It takes time. You cannot do that over a week. It, it takes a lot of time to, to spread. But um, month after month, it spreads and more people see it. And we see our user base growing and growing every month because more and more people are using Mergify, getting access to it because they contribute to a, a project. And they see, oh, this PR has been merged by Mergify. What is it? And then they look at that. And maybe they will try it on another repo. Maybe they will try it um, uh, in the office. You never know. Mm. Is that like a kind of a marketing budget at Mergeify or is it like kind of tied up with the sort of like making really good open source projects or like making Mergeify? Yeah, I'm wondering if there's like kind of like specific sort of things that you do to like accelerate that natural uh, spread, I guess. Yeah, um, the, the way we, we see marketing, uh, which I think is common, is like there's a lot of different channels that you can use. And we tried a lot. We tried uh, SEA, SEO, uh, I mean, all the things you could do, going to conference. We tried a lot of things. Uh, we tried, I think we tried almost everything. And then you see if it works, you see if it sticks, if there's something coming it. Uh, there are things that doesn't work, for example, SEA doesn't work very well for us. So we tried a few times, doesn't work. We stopped. Uh, we try things like that. Open source works very well. So we keep, and it's low effort. We just keep providing value for free to open source, uh, users and projects. And we are happy to do that because we've been, I've been doing open source software for the last 20 years already yeah. or so. So perfect for us. It fits our, it's easy for us to do. We, we are, you know, uh, happy to doing that. So that's great. Um, and then we also do things that SEO works pretty well. For example, uh, we do a lot of, we get a lot of, a lot of traffic we are easy to find on any search engine. So we do that. It's also low budget. We have to do things low budget. We're pretty small. We're still bootstrap. So we can spend millions, millions on ads, uh, on the, on the bus or whatever. So it doesn't work. Um, and then you have to be think that works. I think for us, it's like, Conferences are trying to do a bit of that and see if it works. I still don't have the, the answer on that because it's, it's pretty new. So we'll see how it goes. Um, and yeah, I think it's very hard to reach out to developers. So word of mouth works pretty well, uh, yeah. with customers to, to doing case studies, uh, to validate that you are good guys that do things that works and then waiting for the word of mouth to be spread. Uh, and then. Basically, trying to give value to your audience, people that are interested into what you're building, to see that you have value to provide to them if they want to to try your your tool. Yeah, um, yeah. It seems like talking a lot about value, and um, if if there's a company that's like kind of new to open source or dev tool, um, when you talk about kind of like dev tool, um, open source works really well. Uh, what do you kind of specifically mean about like adding value in open source? Is it just, you know, your product is open source or like, yeah, if someone's new, how would you explain where like? Uh, it's, it's basically about, I think, uh, open source project are like your bootstrapped project. They don't have time nor money. Uh, so if you can provide one of those to open source projects, it's easy for them to see value. In our case, it was not money, but time. We're basically saving time to those projects. Uh, using a merge queue, for example, if you want to merge properly your pull request, you have to be sure they are up to date with a base branch, all of that. So you have to, for example, ask the contributor to rebase their branch, 
usually it passes the test, etc., etc. It takes a lot of time. It slows down the your merge rate basically. It's so you have to do it yourself manually. So you have to, as a developer, get a branch, rebase it, see if it works, merge it, do the same thing with the next one. It's boring. There's no value for a developer doing that. It's just doing Git operation or clicking on buttons on GitHub, and it takes time. You have to wait for the CI to finish. All of that. Really, really, it's it's a lot of time wasted when we, when you're doing an open source project. You only have a few hours every week to work on it. Uh, if you cannot, um, if you're able to just save that time doing actually things that add value and delegate that to another tool like Mergeify, then you're happy to to have it. So, so that's where I I'm talking about giving value. We are giving time, more time, and and to the developer that are doing open source projects. Sorry, so not necessarily your projects, but like actually going and helping like open source projects with with yeah. Git, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So if you're starting something new, it could be anything like like a tool helping them with their workflow, a tool helping them with their, I don't know, marketing or whatever, but whatever that might be their pain point, like where do you spend the most of the most of the, your time where you don't see any value in, in doing whatever you're doing, then that's where you can actually uh, add them, I think. Yeah. And what, like, are you focusing on like a couple of open source projects that you help or are you like helping a ton of open source projects. No, we're no no we're, we're giving access to anyone so we really have a lot of different open source projects uh probably a few a few hundreds by now uh, if not a thousand using it. There are very small projects like a repo with just one or two people maintaining it to project being run by 50 or 100 person uh behind so there's already any kind of side we have a bunch of um case study of those uh, projects uh, on our blog where we like to, uh, you know, talk to them and, and explain to other projects. Or this one is using Mergeify, for example, what they're doing with it, the kind of automation they're running. Uh, they use a merge queue, all of that to automate it. It's often the kind of the same thing because they always have kind of the same problem with uh, using merge queue, automating their merge, uh, doing backports, like uh, they do... Con- a lot of people are running SaaS and building software. You have only one branch. You push to main and you push to prod, and that's fine. When you do a personal project, you have to do releases. You have to do bug fixes and backporting these bug fixes from the main branch to a stable branch, doing new release. All of this process is very boring, and we have automation for that too. So they love using Mergeify for that. It's a lot of, of time save for them. Um, and they don't have to write the code. They don't have to write the tool to do that. They don't have to maintain it, which is something... People in the company, they don't really care about because they're paid to do that. They pay to write the tool and they pay to maintain it. And it's, it might be, you know, a, a game for them. It, it might be funny where when you are doing that on your free time, like, okay, it could be funny, but that's not my main goal. My main goal is to actually work build on my open source project, not start a new one. Yeah, not start a new one, which it would be like version five, version two. So no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what have we done this year? We've optimized the Git flow. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. not, yeah, that's cool. And, and you're, and I'm sorry, I'm almost asking the same question. So to, for all those, all those users that now use you on open source projects, did most of them find you through word of mouth? Yes. Uh, from what we've seen, most of them either because they were browsing GitHub and so emerging on another repo 
or it's usually like a colleague from a company or from another open source project. So we were lucky enough to be working at, at Red Hat with Medi when we started, which we were working at Red because we had a lot of open source experience in the past, which meant we had a lot of network of engineers working on open source projects at Red Hat and beyond, uh, which helped a lot, a lot, I think, in the early stage, um, validating the concept for sure and spreading in the first project like uh, uh, Ceph, um, CEPH, uh, a storage, distributed storage solution, which is, I think, mostly developed by Red Hat now. Um, has been using Merge for a long time, for example, and, and that was one of our first users, and then it spreads from that to other projects, other people, from other company, all of that. So it helps. It does not do everything, and an open source project that don't directly bring uh, money on the table for you to to eat, but uh, it helps because then you know it's it can go into one of the company that is using it so that's that's where i think it's a great um leverage for for building your company yeah yeah that's super cool julian i think that's all we've got time for um where can people learn more about mergeify at mergeify.com obviously uh and if you want to reach out i mean happy to to talk about uh mergeify to anyone so if you have any question you want to learn more about what we do uh, feel free to reach out to me on twitter or whatever it is called now um and linkedin uh i'm also available there okay awesome oh and one more thing um if you had like one takeaway for like a dev tool founder um what would it be if you're a technical person, you're a developer building a dev tool, which is most likely the case, uh, don't like split your time in half. That's what we did with Medi early in the beginning. We decided that we were going to split the work into Medi was going to basically be a CTO and do the technical stuff. And I would be the guy doing all the other stuff. So I'm not doing, and, and that has been true, I think. For the last three years or so, I'm not doing anything code-wise. I don't. I review code. That's it. I don't write code, uh, and I review less and less code, and I do all the other things. So my advice would be, like, if, even if you're alone, split 50-50. Be very strict about that. Like, spend 50 of your time doing the fun stuff, like building the product, and do 50% of your time doing marketing, sales, whatever will bring people to your product, because it's it's not the part that you want to do usually, but is the most critical part that you need to, to learn if you don't know about it and that you need to do to have people interaction to your product. Amazing. Thanks for joining, Julian. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you.